0: Dark Horse Live, episode 95. I really cannot believe we've done 95 of these motherfuckers. Really close to 100. So yeah, tune in about a month away. 100th show spectacular. Are you ready? We're not. All right. All right, on the show tonight. Thank you, Buzz and B. On the show tonight, um... We're going to talk pests, bugs, the fucking worst shit ever, son of a bitches. But yeah, we'll talk about bugs and uh, hopefully how you guys can kill them and keep your garden looking fresh, huh? But right off the jump, there's something that we got to address, which is this. stupid ass down here because I am the dipshit of the day (laughs) what'd you do I mean when you when you toss them out when you give them you got to be able to take them right so I fucked up
1: (laughs) killed sour for the fourth time
0: no nothing to do with sour (laughs) killing plants or (laughs) that shit this relates to the premium drop for the night owl drop Uh, it was fucking a nightmare so yeah the first night of the drop. The entire website like went down. So Daz has this huge drop, then goes on and sees our premium, and they count it. We do a live show, counted it down. I'm sure some of these people here were watching, and then as soon as we got to the moment, we thought it was good, we signed off, and then the whole website crashed. And what happened was so many people Dazmania, like, were hitting the refresh button that the server that we were on, which was a like community server was getting bombarded so much that they just kicked everybody off or kicked our entire website offline because they thought it was a DDoS attack. But it wasn't a DDoS. It was just a million people refreshing. Not even really a million, like 500, but enough to freak that website off that it just went totally dead. So that, you want to talk about a failed fucking premium drop and a bunch of pissed-off people? That was night one. So night two, we rally back and reload l- the website off of an old default um, database or an old uh, backup Load it again. I'm pretty sure we go out and buy way more bandwidth, get off the fucking shared server, get them to turn our website back on, put it on a paid, um, super high-paid fucking business bandwidth server, dedicated server, cloud-based server. And they're like, yeah, this is what you need. So we get it. It costs fuck ton of money. Set it up. Reannounce. All right, new drop. Fucking same time tomorrow. Reload the, the entire site. Have to put all the products back on. Get live again. Count it down again. And the site fucking, it didn't completely crash because they didn't throw us offline this time because we had the paid server, but it couldn't handle the flow of all the refreshes, so it started throwing up 502 errors. And all of the people who were stoked about premium, that wanted to get in early, that are like the best fans, the best customers, the best people associated with our premium, our premium base, were there early, We're trying to get their products, and... Essentially what happened was everyone added the shit to their cart, tried to check out and got 502 errors, and then in the countdown of the five-minute countdown of the, shop, of the automated shopping cart, expired before the fucking website would come back online. It took like eight minutes for the website to come back online. So almost everybody who was there early on time did it perfect, did everything right, didn't get what they wanted. And yeah. So, with that said, I don't know what else to do other than call myself complete dipshit of the day. The buck's got to stop somewhere. I mean, Bazaar is a co-op website. All the breeders take home all of the cash from all the sales. The idea is a, it's a group. But I've jumped in to try to help make the website, particularly on Daz's side, a little bit better. And somehow, it was way fucking worse this drop. Like, way fucking worse this drop. So, dipshit of the day right here. I'll tell you why it happened. Why did they make you make dipshit, though? Well because I thought I had it under control, and clearly I fucking didn't. Um, But yeah, let me show you. This. Strawberry milk and cookies. This is what everybody wanted, and this is why the website broke. There was only like 60, 70 packs of this, so everybody rushed to get this in their cart, and everybody was trying to buy strawberry milk and cookies at the same time, and the same flow led everybody to the shopping cart at the exact same time, and somehow... The shopping cart page is what crashed like the home page would stay for for most people but when you got to the shopping cart page that's when it would crash and when you want to talk about an unacceptable premium experience i totally understand i totally hear you so with that said only thing i can say is Daz makes some incredibly stupid fire shit, and clearly not enough of it because it breaks websites and uh we're going to need a much better fucking website particularly for the people who've ridden with us who ride with us on the premium um it was an embarrassing night for me I don't even want to put it on Daz because Daz came to the bazaar and said, you know, do this. And I thought we could have it handled, but we couldn't. So, yeah, we fucked up. I fucked up. The C bazaar as a whole fucked up, particularly C bazaar premium. But my goal is to fix it. And the only thing I say is we're going to go essentially build a whole new website from scratch. No more Wix, no more fucking Shopify, no more WooCommerce, no more Ecwid, no, no more fucking shopping cart platforms and bullshit. I'm just going to go build this complete custom website with my pro that knows exactly how to do it, that can integrate it with the premium membership. So you don't have to log in two, three times. You get your fucking confirmation email. I don't know why the fuck it doesn't send confirmation emails, sometimes two, three days later. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I've been harping about this for a minute, but I feel shitty about the premium drop and I'm determined to make it better and fix it. And for anyone out there who got totally fucked on the drop, just feel free to send me an email darkhorsecustomerservice at gmail.com. And uh, I'll sort out your premium fees for you, dude, or dudettes. So apologies. I am dipshit of the day. c Premium is dipshit of the day. And when you, give them, when you give out the dipshit of the day, sometimes you got to be willing to take it. That's my theory. All right, moving on. Let's go straight of the week. Actually, before that, let's just go straight to free shit because this is what everybody wants.
1: It's free! Wait for that.
0: All right. This. Strawberry milk and cookies. I have one. I have one of the packs that made the whole fucking website just melt. They're so rare I should auction it for like $1,000. But nope, it's going up for free to somebody here in chat. And what you're going to have to write is dipshit of the day. Dipshit of the day. Send an email and the subject line. Send an email to Live at gmail.com. That was Live at gmail.com. And I will pick the, since I'm probably a lot of people that want this, I will pick the 200th person. So if you're listening on a replay, you probably still have a shot, at least for a few days or a day or two. 200th person to write dipshit of the day in the subject line to darkhorsegeneticslive at gmail.com wins this super sought-after website-melting strawberry milk in keys with a Q. All right, everybody. It's T.E.H. Caesar's Strain of the Week.
1: All right this one right here is called butter this one is a pink 2.0 from exotic which is a predator pink cross to Starfighter, and then that was hit to a reverse cushman so this is a feminized cross so the strain right here i was given to because uh the person that made this uh wanted me to like get this clone out there and kind of like hype it up and promote it a little bit but uh he said the terpene profile is pretty much like a sweet pink uh, dip and dot, like a sweet pink creamy vanilla dip and dot with Cushman's in the back end. Uh, these finish in about uh, 50 to 55 days. Heavy yielders stay short and stocky. Could be utilized for multi-tier growing if that's what you're into. Uh, they wash about 5.2 to 5.6%. So, definitely good washers, early finishers, chunky yielders. So, if this is uh, something that you're interested in, definitely look for the cbizarre.com premium. I'll have a very limited amount of these going out, and I'm going to have these out going. I'm going to have these going out for a very reasonable price, just to kind of let his uh, name brand kind of, like, build up. Get his uh, strains out there, and once he uh, has a little bit of these uh, clones out there, he's gonna. he already has the feminized seed crosses that he did with this, so he'll be releasing that in the future. But definitely want to promote him and pretty much get his uh, name out there, his, uh, NBG Gardens in Colorado Springs.
0: Yeah, that was in, in Nothing guess. NBG. Nothing but gas, NBG. Nothing but gas,
1: all right. We have a quick video clip of this, too, that you brought, you brought me. Yeah, he sent me some uh, video of the nugs to show some as well. Oops, I muted us. There we go. We're back. I look sex. I'm not going to lie. It's a commercial. God, 50 to 55 days, 5.2, 5.6% on the hash, on the wash. Uh, Could potentially get higher. Uh, Short, fat, dense, chunky, nice uh, terpene profile. So should be interesting for people that want to kind of get something different or just want to find something that finishes fast. I know a lot of people out east are looking for some strains that finish fast because it does get cold pretty fast over there. So this one might be one that you're probably interested in.
0: Yeah, bag appeal. I see bag appeal. I see a nasty long thumbnail is that you? Is that your That's famous? not me. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, anyway, that's gorgeous. All right, moving it on, moving it along. All right, let's go. Let's talk bugs. I'll bring Caesar in. All right, let's talk a little bit about bugs. And I hate them. Yeah, like we throw in powdery mildew in here too. We can throw in bud rot in here too, just general fuckery in the garden. But we'll talk for the most part
1: bugs, IPM. But I think I'll start with this over here. Uh, uh. Feel free to comment down in the chat some of your horror stories or some uh, anything when it comes to IPM and pests and stuff like that.
0: So we're gonna start off here with my old man Benjamin Franklin. Says an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And no truer words have ever been spoken when it comes to growing plants, bugs, um, particularly the simplest shit, which I'm just going to start with. This. I could do, probably do a whole hour show on, like, preventative things to not be fucking up. But, like, the simplest shit is be clean. Wear clean clothes. Have a clean garden. Have clean shoes. Um, if you're clean, you're going to have a much easier time of keeping your garden pest-free. Um disease free so that means don't let all the f- dead fan leaves accumulate on the ground and have like yellow dead leaves all over the place or in the trays um that will promote botrytis and bud rot and you you need to clean up all the dead shit and all the dirt and all the trash and all the fast food and all whatever the fuck you might have in your garden it should be i always tell my guys at the grow which it might not always look like this but i always tell my guys at the grow i want to eat off the floor Like, I want, we mop twice a day. I want to be able to come in here, throw my fucking lunch on the ground, sit in Indian style and eat food off this floor. Because I want the whole thing fucking clean as shit at all times. If you make a mess, clean it up right afterwards. But, yeah, so particularly um, your clothing, too. We I'm sure this is, you know, common sense for people, but if you go to someone else's garden, you can't go to another garden. You can't go home to your garden. You're going to carry whatever fuck is in that garden on your clothes, in your... Your particularly on your shoes. Bugs like to hijack themselves on shoes, so I recommend having a a pair of garden shoes for your garden. I recommend not wearing you know your shoes from someone else's garden into your garden. That's a big one. Um, got a lot of guys like to spray like alcohol out of a spray bottle like on their shoes, on their hands, or just make people put on a whole Tyvek suit. When you look at some of these commercial facilities, they're wearing a whole like Tyvek suit and spraying down with alcohol before they go in places. Um, that it may be a little bit over the top but the idea is, is you don't want to track in wherever the fuck you've been so yeah um, prevention is is big like I say I don't I don't know what else I can mention other than what I constantly see or what I see the most when I see like bad problems is I walk into people's rooms and their room is already dirty not meaning the bugs or the pest or whatever the issue may be is the room is dirty there's fucking dirt on the floor there's trash on the floor there's dead leaves all over the fucking place like shit is stacked up like dirty it's like it's got to be fucking clean okay anyway moving on probably the most notorious of all bugs spider mites sometimes referred to as the borg the son of a bitch of all son of a bitches yeah this shit will fuck you up Few different kinds of mites, the two-spotted red mite. We're not again. This is going to be more of a casual talk than an in-depth science talk on how to, you know, like identify every pest and kill everything. Because some cases of these pests, there's over six thousand species of the same kind of mite or thrip or aphid or whatever it may be. But um yeah, spider mites. This thing will. These guys will fuck you up. And here's the thing with spider mites: is they're they act quick. Like you can literally notice a few dots on some leaves and go away on vacation and come back to plants that have webs just like your picture here. And it doesn't take long. They, the hotter your room, this is another thing about ounce of prevention, is you want. You, if you have a, a bad environment and your room is hot, um, then a lot of the bugs' life cycle will speed up and reproduce much faster and increase your infestation. If you're rocking an 85, 90 degree room, these bugs will just thrive. So if you can, you need to cool your room down as much as possible, particularly in the summertime, you need to get your room as cold as possible. That will slow the reproductive rate of most of the bugs that are going to harm your garden. If you can keep your garden down as low as 65, 70s for a while, if you have pest troubles coming up, it's going to slow everything way the fuck down. Um, All right, so with with spider mites, there's a lot of cures. If you Google spider mite cure, you're probably going to find over... 10,000 super-secret bro recipes out there and how to kill them. The thing with spider mites is they're... It's Darwinism. It's evolution. These fuckers will adapt to what you spray, and then they will become immune. The eggs they lay, their offspring, will become immune to what you've been spraying. So this re- this requires generally a rotation of products because the offspring lays so many eggs so quickly that you need to continue to spray over and over again. So before I get super ahead of myself. We're going to talk about foggers, sprayers. If, you know, um, you can go get a hand pump sprayer from Home Depot and spray like you would uh, a normal sprayer, but you're probably going to get worn out with that. I like these electronic foggers. They can be a little bit powerful on younger plants, so you need to back up. But the idea is full coverage. You're laughing. What are you laughing about? No,
1: I'm laughing at the fucking the foggers because like, I haven't seen them like really be used because they're they powerful. Cover pretty fucking, they're pretty powerful. Yeah, they yeah. cover a lot of ground. It's
0: more maybe for commercial spots. If you just have a, a small grow tent, this is probably way overkill for you. <laughs> I use a spray bottle. Yeah, you, you can get away with a spray bottle, a little hand pump mister. But if you got a large size grow, this is the, this is the juice right here, baby. This thing will fog out a room. Smaller particles so that it aerates. The one thing about spraying is you need to spray all over the plant, including, most importantly, underneath the leaf. So you got to get under it, and you got to spray up towards it, and you got to get, you know, your your spray under the leaf. And these are great for that because that it, it that it aerosols so much that it becomes finer particles in the air, and it just goes everywhere.
1: <clears throat> Any bombs you recommend?
0: Yeah, it's on my list here. Sorry, I was refiring my joint. All right, so. Uh, what we like to use currently, what I'm liking lately, because I t- tend to shift when it comes to IPM, is for, particularly for spider mites and spider mite prevention. But right now, I'm liking the Mammoth. Mammoth has got a whole line of products out right now. Um, I've been using this. I would say what the past six months. It's not the. It's not like a cure-all. It doesn't kill everything, and you're fucking good. If anything, this is one part of your regimen that you may use. I, I do I do like Mammoth. Um, I also like peritium bombs Perthium bombs are probably the best way to get in every nook and cranny like every little crack and crevice in your little drywall and every little hole in the concrete and all the other shit Perthium bombs work really well for that um, Perthium is a naturally occurring extract from chrysanthemum flowers
1: chrysanthemum
0: yeah I can't ever say it right but uh, yeah it, it's very effective um, again, your your plant or your mites will become immune if this is all you do, so you need to keep it in rotation. Another one that we use a lot is green cleaner. So one thing we haven't talked about is um, green cleaner is basically just alcohol or, you know, like 97% alcohol or whatever it's it
1: alcohol-based, is. Alcohol-based, oil-based stuff. Yeah,
0: alcohol-based, oil-based stuff. There's something we didn't talk about on here, which is there's all kinds of pesticides in the world, and some of them you clearly should not be using, so we got to talk about that briefly. Um, We are inspected by the Department of Agriculture for our commercial flour that we sell in retail stores, which is a good thing because we want them to come in and make sure that people aren't poisoning the community, right? So they'll come in, and they give us a list. Actually, it's online, but we have a list of approved products that we're allowed to use, and it goes for hemp, agricultural, or even home grow, and then products that basically, if they're not on that list, you can't use it. And some things, I guess, that would be glaringly not on that list, uh, fucking... I can't remember their names. It's been so long. Uh, Avid, uh, forbid, fucking Eagle Twenty. When it comes to powdery mildew, fucking just the worst of the worst. Like cancer-causing, fucking gnarly golf course, fucking agents. Basically, what these things are. Um, but the, yeah, you, if <laughs> if you see these products, you don't want to be using them because you don't want to. Basically, what the problem is is they become carcinogens under heat so when you think about combustion combustion specifically so when you think about cannabis it's a product that we most of us inhale we smoke we burn it and we smoke it and under combustion if it becomes a carcinogen yikes we don't want that shit
1: i'd like to add something if anything like most science that uh these companies have done like they'll tell you it's safe specifically for like the pests and like for pm but that's them doing science based off of like you know Pretty much is proven if it works, but like they haven't really done science on combustion. So most of those companies really don't know much. And for the companies that have done the science behind it, like most of those, com- most of those chemicals definitely are carcinogenic. Like Eagle 20, which has butanol, that when is heated becomes carcinogenic and stuff like that can make it become sterile, and there's like a bunch of other issues.
0: So, and, yeah, and there's other issues with spraying pesticides. So as a commercial facility, we need pesticide applicator license, and there's type 1, type 2, and type 3 pesticides. I probably get this wrong. It's been a minute since I went over this, but we use what I believe is called type 1, which is actually not a pesticide. And it's not labeled as a pesticide. It's things like neem oil, like green cleaner. Uh, you don't need a respirator to wear it. You don't need to wear a Tyvek suit. You don't need to be covered in head-to-toe. You're not spraying some gnarly chemicals. And I don't want to subject my employees to that. So we never spray any type 2 or above pesticide because I don't want... Basically, when the department of ag shows up, they say, do you guys have pesticides? And we say, no, because none of our products are actually listed as an actual pesticide. So that's one reason that you might think green cleaner. Are you fucking crazy, bro? Like... That doesn't do shit. It's like, it's one of the things that we use in rotation that is also not an actual pesticide. Um, But uh, yeah, to my point, I basically is, some things are on the list that you can use and many things are not on the list. So such as like Spinosad. Spinosad I I use for years. And Spinosad, like Monterey Garden Soap and Monterey Garden Spray, and those things will kill thrips in an instant. So spider mites, like immediately, two sprays. With the Spinosad, once again, is a carcinogen under heat or under combustion. So that is not on the list, even though it's Amari certified. I would steer clear of Monterey Garden Sprays um, and try to basically be as clean as possible like, when it comes to what you use for um, pesticides. If you need to use something super fucking gnarly, you've probably lost the battle. And when it comes to losing the battle, like sometimes the best thing to do is cut and run, particularly when it comes to spider mites, because spider mites lay a zillion eggs and they keep hatching, and they become resistant to what you're spraying. Sp- I've heard of spider mites being laying eggs within the paint of walls. You come in, and you kill over your whole room after an infestation, and you bleach everything out, and you kill your room. As soon as you heat your room back up, I turn your grow lights on to 70 degrees, those eggs hatch, and then they can crawl out and eat their way out of the fucking paint, through the paint, like through the drywall, through the kills, come straight back into the garden. That's the eggs hatching. So you know spider mites are a real motherfucker and sometimes the best way to do is just to shut your grow down leave it lights on powered on for two weeks with nothing in there and starve them from a food source and that's one way to kill them and start the fuck over with bleaching your entire equipment everything else now we're not talking even russet mites russet mites is a whole other fucking nightmare where basically an expert can get through it but i'm just gonna tell you right now burn everything (laughs) burn it all fucking get rid of everything all your clothes that you use in the garden, all the fucking equipment, lights, hoods, pots, trays, all that get fucking rid of it. You're not going to win that battle. Not unless you're an intense expert. So
1: It's not worth being dirty, pretty
0: much. Yep. Uh, it costs more to be dirty than it is to be clean. All right, let me see what else we have here. I threw neem on here. Neem is a thing where, this is a big disclaimer, big red flag over neem. So if you grow for extract or you have any intention of making extracts with your product, don't use neem. All the extract guys hate neem. Even a lot of flower guys like hate neem. It just, I like neem early early on. You can use neem early on your after you get them right out of your cutting stage for the first month of veg even. And then cut it out entirely. Don't ever spray neem in flower. But neem is basically a waxy kind of leaf shine. And, and like, it's been around for years. I think it's from trees in India. And the shit actually fucking works. And it's, again, it's not listed as a pesticide. It's actually listed as a leaf polish. It's totally super legal to use and you know if you're if you ha- if you're growing for extracts though huge red flag do not use neem the extract artist or whatever you want to call them will know immediately that you had neem on your plants
1: or just oil based stuff
0: oil based right? stuff yes okay moving it along another real son of a bitch here fungus gnats this one is annoying more than problematic because Although they do, like, basically get into your soil or your medium base and fucking just eat roots and fuck shit up in the root level, it's like majority of the time these aren't going to fucking destroy your crop. If you have have a few of these flying around, it's very common in a Engrome to have a couple of these flying around. If you buy bags of soil from the grow store, it's very common for these to kind of show up here and there. You'll see these yellow sticky traps in a lot of places Um, A lot of grow rooms have them, the the gnats are attracted to the yellow, they fly into it and they're stuck, and bang, they can't get off. Um, The thing that sucks about these is they'll get stuck like in your, your, I hate the word red hairs, but I'm about to say it. They'll get stuck in your red hairs slash trikes. So like you'll be trimming up nugs and you'll start seeing like dead fly or something. (laughs) It's like, oh, gross, you know what I mean? But now they, if left unchecked, they will start wreaking havoc on the root system, which is a real problem. It's something that we don't really want to have. But there's a few simple, easy fixes for gnats, and I'll show you uh, right here. Diatomaceous Earth. I like Diatomaceous Earth a lot. It's an organic product. Um, basically, without being a super smart NASA scientist guy, if you put Diatomaceous Earth, it looks like a white powder. It looks like fucking cocaine or something. But if it looks like... A white powder, if you put it under a microscope, it's like a, like a million shards of glass in every direction. And w- and what that does is basically as the insects crawl over it, the larvae, the eggs, whatever, as they're cl- crawling up and crawl over or through the white powder, it shreds them like bloody murder. So I like thinking in my mind, like, I don't know, I'm some sort of weird sadist when it comes to bugs. Like, it's not a, it's not a pleasant death for you little fuckers when you crawl through diatomaceous earth. But diatomaceous earth is a great product. Um, it, it's not going to cut you in your hands or anything. It literally feels like powder or sand, but it's just on a microscopic level. But you can put a layer of it on your soil and um, it, if everything that crawls through it basically will die. It's a good treatment for gnats, fungus gnats, um, anything that's coming out of the soil. I like to mix it in. I've actually mixed this into my soil in the past, so it's actually part of the soil mix, but now I just use a top dress. If you top dress with a couple inches, um, this generally will take care of your, your fungus gnat problem, no problem. Another little trick I've picked up over the years: mosquito dunks. Mosquito dunks are a cool product you can just get at Home Depot. Um, basically, they're designed for like standing pools of water that you throw them in around pools or something, so the mosquitoes don't get in there. And uh, but the active ingredient is the same as this product, natural. Natural is an expensive product you can buy at the grocery store, but really what it is is it's like a bacteria that kills um, flying larvae, like uh, it's safe for pets and humans, but it kills flying larvae at their, uh, obviously, youngest age, so they don't even get a chance to basically, uh, whatever, hatch, grow, fly away. Um, but if the trick to mosquito dunks is you need to grind it up into a fine powder. Basically, you need to put it in a couple bags, start whacking it with a hammer, beat this shit into a fine powder, mix it into your reservoir and water with it. It's going to want to float, so you need to keep mixing. Um, you want, you want it to mix, even though it doesn't want to mix. So a lot of shaking, a lot of mixing. And if you use mosquito dunks, it'll knock them out, like, immediate. I love mosquito dunks. Um, haven't used them in a long time, because we haven't really had much gnat issues for years. But, uh, yeah, mosquito dunks will... It's like one of those old-school grower forum tricks, where it's like, yeah, this will just knock it out for you, no problem, real quick. All right, next up. Aphids. These fucking guys suck, and...
1: They're fucking disgusting.
0: They're, yeah, they're probably the grossest ones. They leave like a slimy trail. They kind of look like, if you've never seen aphids before in your plants, you might not see them. You might actually not see them the first couple like passes. They kind of look like sesame seeds or some shit on the leaf or on the stem. A lot yeah. of times they crawl around the stem. But you look at it, it's like, what? what the weird little sesame seed-looking motherfuckers on my stem? What is <laughs> that shit? Um, aphids are a bitch. I really don't like aphids. They're a trickier plant to kill. Um, When it comes to aphids, you need to look at their life reproduction cycle. I believe it's every four days. They're laying eggs. So the trick to aphids, I believe, is um, uh, perithium. Perithium also fucks up aphids. So you can go back to some of the original stuff that we were using on spider mites. Generally, will knock out aphids also. But aphids is one where you have to, it leaves like a slimy trail behind, and that slimy trail will then attract ants. So if you see ants in your grow room, or like a trail of ants, follow the trail, and you might find yourself leading right to a aphid at a plant. A lot of times, if I see aphids, it's generally like a one-off plant, sort of, and I'll just chop that bitch. I'm not going to try to fucking fuck with it, bring it back, anything else. Is like cut it, get it out of there, and uh, it's yeah. It's got
1: to be sweet for the shit to attract ants. That's weird.
0: It, yeah, their uh, excretion, whatever the fuck you want to call it, basically attracts ants like a motherfucker. Um, but yeah, aphids are a bitch, and I wish you luck with def- beating them. My theory lately is because I never had aphids forever, and we started getting them now and again, and it's from fucking I swear to God promix <coughs> swear to God promix serving up the aphids. I don't know, I don't have uh, any scientific facts to back that up, but God damn it promix, giving me aphids, I know you are all right moving on uh we'll talk about good bugs real fast, so. Another um, potential route that you can go, I don't really like this route as much because if you go this route, you're basically saying that you, I guess the theory, and I've talked to many people because we've bought beneficial bugs. uh, They're basically saying is like, you have to admit that you're never gonna get rid of your bug problem entirely. And this is just to keep it in check. And these these species will always keep your, your shit in check. And they're talking about big farm ag, which I get. But I run a 5,000-square-foot small commercial grow. I want zero bugs. I want it fully eradicated. And they'll say you know, on the forums and everything else, so you buy the predatory mite and it kills all the spider mites, and when there's no more spider mites to eat, it dies off because it has no food source. Eh. I've had bad luck with predatory mites. They have different sleep cycles, different temperature ranges that they work. Um, a lot of them come dead out of the mail. Um, I'm not shitting all over this because it does work, and this is a more organic... Like if you're a living soil guy, fruit of the earth, fucking man bun kind of man, I feel like this would be like your jam. But um, I'm looking for full-on eradication. I don't want zero pests at all. Super clean grow rooms, laboratory shit. I don't really want you know farm farm tech, which is we're gonna release a bunch of these in waves. Um, it does work. There are some good stuff. Ladybugs. People say like ladybugs and will fuck with aphids. That's true. But a lot of times, ladybugs, I'll just let you know. You go out, you see them in the girl store, you're like, oh, that's cool. You buy the ladybugs, you bring them to your garden, you release them, they fly straight into the fucking light bulb. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like, that was a waste of 20 bucks or whatever oh, the what fuck. Like, What
1: about livid soil, which has, like, worms and a bunch of other stuff living in it, though?
0: That's why it's nematodes, predatory nematodes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there certainly is a place for this shit. Um, but I have never subscribed to it, so I'm probably, like, the worst person to... I don't know. Speak on it. Other than I've bought in predatory mites a few times and didn't they didn't do shit on my population. The one species I bought just was like in hibernating the entire fucking time in twelve and twelve. So yeah, certain predatory mites you can't use in flower, and I was like, what the fuck is the point of that? So yeah, I don't know. But again, there's over six thousand different species of some of these different mites and bugs, good or bad. So you just need to make sure do your research that you get the right beneficial bug.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, look at a uh, Southern Vermont's comment about
0: we uh, bought predatory bass. mites one year and they ran out of food, so they infested our chickens. Almost had to burn everything. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll go back to ounce of prevention. I think is better than relying on a predatory mite and having like a mite war. It's like, oh, we got a mite war going on in, on, a, sm- on like a microscopic level down there. It's like, eh, I'd rather have no fucking bugs going on down there. All right. Moving on. Uh, thrips. These little oh, fucking man. slimy little fuckers. These guys are notoriously tricky to kill in uh, commercial facilities, I feel like, because they can kind of fly around and shit, and they'll, they have a few different stages of life. Um, again, come in the soil, I believe. <laughs> ProMix, um, <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, now uh, these guys can be killed again with uh, perithium, uh perithium bombs. Um, we use a product lately, um, Evergreen, I think is what it was. Uh, it's a perithium based liquid Lithium spray, li- spray basically, liquid br- base. We experimented that lately, and that did.
1: That's have... weird because uh, we were reading the label, and it was saying that that's used to also spray livestock.
0: A lot of those pesticides, those more commercial pesticides, go farm and f- or hand in hand with like farm and ag, and yeah, a lot of the pesticides are actually sprayed on livestock or That's can be. I shouldn't crazy. say all of them, but some of these more commercial ones, when especially when they're like. The name of the product is, like, TL732100-4FY. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is that? Like, only a farmer knows. And it's some crazy chemical that you can spray on his cows slash will kill bugs in the field and other weird shit. It's
1: weird. Instead of spraying plants to kill bugs, you're spraying animals to kill bugs. It's 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 weird to me. But...
0: Yeah, spinosad kills thrips, like, super fast. Like, if you want to kill thrips in a second, spinosad. But, it like, uh, our smoke Steve here says, it will also kill the smoker. So, yeah, be careful of the spinocet. Like I said, we warned earlier against it in the show. But, yeah, it's, it's so easy to go to Home Depot and grab a thing of Monterey garden spray and spray it and be like, oh, I just, yeah, that was easy. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, you kind of just poison the plant or poison yourself. There's another thing I'll talk about real quick, which is systemic pesticides versus, like, fully replicated pesticides. Systemic meaning that the bug eats the plant, and that's what kills it. And I've never been a big fan of systemic pesticides when you start talking about things like half-life. That's why things like, pow- uh, not powdery, but... Um, What's the powdery spray that was horrible? Eagle twenty. Eagle twenty. That's why Eagle twenty is like so bad because it was a systemic systemic pesticide or not pesticide but fungicide. And uh but it stayed with the plant forever. I mean it just rode with the plant forever. I don't even, I can't remember what the half life was. Someone did studies and they determined, but I think it was like 180 days or some crazy long number.
1: Eagle is 180 above. Yeah,
0: so it's like you can, beyond the flowering time of the entire fucking plant, if in theoretically you could spray the plant with Eagle 20 and then wait like a year or half a year. Half a year and then flower it out and it would, the bud would be, you know, safe for consumption, but to my knowledge and don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure they spray Eagle 20 all over the grapes. All over fucking Cali.
1: Uh, No, they actually do, and it's a regulated pesticide. They spray stone fruits, they spray cherries, they spray grapes, and a bunch of other uh, fruits on trees. Specifically, uh, they have their uh, generally regarded as safe um, scale. So, there's a certain amount that's legally passable. Still, it's kind of gnarly. It's kind of gross. That's why you're told to wash all
0: your produce when you get it. Right. Because of shit like that. But in general, here's my general IPM, though, just to be clear. is like I don't like to spray anything in flour ever. So, I like to hit it with something before it goes into flour. So, I like to spray it with something, just some sort of preventative, be it a green cleaner, be it an evergreen, or we'll what we'll, we'll, we'll bombs off in the room before we introduce any plants into them sometimes. But generally... You know, I, I, I will never spray anything in flour because you can taste it and it'll fuck up the taste of your weed. Um, it'll taste, it'll fuck up your extract. So the best possible course that you can actually do, and it's harder on perpetuals, but is to basically treat your plants for the month or two month veg that you have. You want to treat it during that stage before you send it in. You want to make sure the plant's cleaned up. If you have something that has problems when you're sending it into flour, you're already fucked. You know what I mean? It's like the plants should be clean when it's going in, and you need to clean that up before you even try to send it in. Um, that's just my piece of advice: is don't spray and flower. If you have to, up to week like four, but anything beyond
1: week four, you're fucking just literally spraying poison <laughs> that you're gonna smoke. <coughs> I mean, you could just pretty much make sure you're clean, take off a bunch of leaves, and yeah, make sure better to spread,
0: better to defan and take off leaves that may have pests or something like that than to spray. But now we're gonna talk briefly about. The other motherfucker of all motherfuckers, good old PM, good old powdery mildew. Um, I swear to God, this is gonna sound self-righteous, but I never saw powdery mildew for the first ten years I grew weed. I just didn't see it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to deal with it. When I did see it, a guy came to California or from California who's shown remain unnamed, opened a dispensary up a couple blocks from me on Broadway, and passed out a zillion Californian clones and they all had powdery mildew on them, and everybody in Colorado didn't know how to deal with that because we didn't hadn't dealt with them in this high-humidity, or I'm sorry, high-elevation, low-humidity environment out here. Nobody I knew got PM out here ever. And then all of a sudden introduced like thousands of clones off South Broadway got introduced into Colorado, and they all had PM, and then everybody had PM, and every group had PM. All the strains got past more PM. And PM is very, I don't know what the word is, Contagious. It's fungal, so obviously it's gonna fucking spread and spread and spread. In the right environments, it will go fucking bananas. Um, But how do you deal with PM? Airflow. You need good airflow. You also need um, uh, no standing water. Right humidity. You need you know you need your your environment needs to be perfect. I shouldn't say perfect. Your environment needs to be in check, and you can't have. Super humid rooms, if you have standing water in your trays or buckets of water and stuff like that, or a water reservoir in there, that all contributes to higher humidity, which can fuck you up and trip you up on this. But um, powdery mildew is not the end of the world, but it particularly sometimes will latch on to some strains. uh, Fucking... Uh, Murphy's Law it's always like the best strains but it will latch on <laughs> to these strains and it's notorious it'll just stick with them I remember that Phelps fucking OG magnets. I had a Phelps OG that we used to fuck with at for a long time and that thing just carried the PM in it forever and I was just like everything else is clean but this thing will show PM sporadically here and there and it just it's deep within it and it fucking sucked but we had to basically cull the strain one of my favorite strains because it continually carried PM um, but no How to Kill PM I like Silver Bullet, key to life. This is micronized sulfur. It's basically powderized sulfur that you mix in and spray liquid. Um, Silver Bullet is a great product. It's actually not listed as a fungicide or pesticide. I can't remember what they call it. Terpene enhancer. Terpene enhancer. which is fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing an injustice by saying this, but they're getting around the regulation by calling it a terpene enhancer. It's clearly for powdery mildew. And you sh- if you have any powdery mildew, I like to start here because you can spray it. You sp- retarget the area that has powdery mildew. You spray it down good and heavy, a couple of treatments with this. Generally, we'll do the trick on backing it down and backing it off. I'm not going to say eradicate it completely where it's gone forever, but generally this will take the PM and make it kind of fucking just disappear. Um, in the environment, you need to spray everything. You can't just spray the plants. You got to spray the room, the walls, the corners. Don't spray lights that are on, please. If you spray a light, I'm sure people know this, that's on, it'll explode. Don't do that. Uh, Maybe not LEDs, but you know, a thousand-watt bulb will blow up in your face if you spray it. Uh, uh, Silver bullet, start with silver bullet. I like silver bullet a lot. Then if you have a more serious problem, the good old fire department fucking hates these. Fire department (laughs) hates these so much. Don't let the fire department catch you fucking with one of these because they hate it. It's basically a Campbell soup can with a little tray inside, and you buy a little uh, sulfur pellets. You plug it in for two hours, only during the dark period. And if using a sulfur burner, you cannot use oil-based pesticides. It will burn your plants to smithereens. You'll kill them quick. But the idea here is um, sulfur, sulfuric acid, will burn off in the environment, which then creates a thin layer of basically acid or it turns your leaf surface. Alkalized. Uh, it's acidic. It's acidic. Maybe I'm f- completely wrong. I didn't Google any of this, as you can tell, before I started this show, but we'll have to double-check. I'll write in the comments, either Caesar's right or I'm right, but I'm pretty sure it's acidic. Um, but yeah, because it's, it's sulfuric acid. It's acidic. It turns your plants acidic. Uh, I'm sorry, your, the leaf uh, of your plant will turn acidic wh- where powdery mildew cannot grow or survive. So, And the thing about sulfur burners that are nice is that they will sp- they will spread all over like a fogger. They will get in every nook and cranny. When you burn it for two hours with the lights off, it's great because it goes everywhere. It's a nasty little, like, rotten egg smell. You don't want to be around it. You can't just do it in your grow room and, you know, be in the room next door because you'll smell rotten eggs like a motherfucker coming out of there. But Rotten egg smelly kind of deal, but think of it as like a gas that just goes all over everything. Gets in every nook and cranny, every tray, every tool, and uh, it essentially, yeah, wipes PM out. You need to do a couple of treatments on that. But um, I think it was McCormick that said sulfur burners or why everything tasted like skunk back in the day. That was his theory. Yeah, it was a theory, obviously. (laughs) Uh, Sulfur burner is old school tech. I'm sure there's people that are laughing in the chat that are like, I haven't used a sulfur burner in 20 years, dog. What are you talking about? But like, I am old school. A lot of my methods and techs are old school as fuck and uh yeah, if i see powdery i'm more apt to pull out this sulfur burner than anything else because i know it works and i know it does a good job without me having to like crawl under everything and spray every little thing with silver bullet and everything else so if i have a spot of silver or powdery i might spray silver bullet if i see a plant with silver or powdery i know it's present so i'll just start spray or burning uh sulfur
1: in the entire uh grow room like you were saying airflow is everything so make sure you like defan a bunch of the leaves and get a bunch of all that cabbagey stuff down there it could start
0: pick leaves yeah there's a lot of weird urban myths on how to kill powdery too i think like spraying milk is one i've never tried it people say milk will kill powdery i, I don't it's know why probably uh, yeah, cuz of the bacillus yeah lactic
1: acid i don't fucking
0: know but yeah there's yeah again there's weird tricks of the trade i would just stick to fucking sulfur sulfur's been used forever on it and it works it you i'll just say this too if you're trying to like get a crop through and you, you see PM and you burn sulfur on it, you're gonna taste it. Like it's not gonna be like the best tasting weed you ever had, but it isn't like oh my god, this fucking like. You taste egg. it in the extract too. Yeah, you taste it in the extract also. So it's not like a, a cure all. You don't want to burn sulfur on every crop. You'll just fuck up every crop. If you see powder, you burn sulfur like a motherfucker real quick to clean the entire area, and you should be good. It should eradicate the powdery. And then obviously you want to address it at the source which is probably called the plant that's giving you the fucking problem. People <clears throat> want to know about quarantine procedures. Yeah, quarantine, essentially 10 days minimum, more like two weeks probably. But you really just need to have a separate entire grow area, not even close to, because a mite, an aphid, a bug, whatever, can walk a fucking good distance. <laughs> like. We all grow in commercial facilities and brick warehouses all on the same street. And when somebody on the street gets fucking mites or whatever, and they start spraying pesticides or bugs, the mites are pushed literally out the building, under the fucking doors, under the fucking bricks, (laughs) walk right over to the next building, right under the doors and bricks, into the next guy's grow. So yes, mites, bugs, fucking all kinds of shit can literally walk away. So my my best advice on quarantine, another... place entirely that's not even around your grow if you can a closet at your house something that's not anywhere near where your other grow is and you want to grow that for 10 days inspecting for anything particularly bugs mites little tiny mites you need to get a scope and look real close a jeweler's loop look real close for eggs look for the pictures of the of the pests that we showed are the most common ones you'll find so look for the eggs look for the spider mites look for the thrips look for the aphids And after 10 days, if you don't see anything, because we know the life cycle of these plants, or I'm sorry, of these pests generally is two to four days when they reproduce and lay eggs and do, you know, if you have a hotter environment, it goes quicker, a colder environment, it goes slower. But after a couple of cycles of that, and you're not seeing any new pests or new um, bugs or any bugs at all, hopefully, then you know that there's no eggs left on that plant. There's no bugs on that plant. And it's safe to introduce into your garden, which hopefully is totally bug free. All right. Do I have anything else? Oh, last thing on here. If um, I like to use these after with really a grow, so before we introduce plants or after we cut something down, particularly if there was any PM in the room, but even still, I do it as a preventative. I'll release a Trinity uh, TR fogger, and it's just a fungicide fogger. We showed you a fogger before that was a Perithium fogger. This one is basically for any kind of mildews or not mil- uh, yeah, molds, mildews, powdery mildew kind of stuff like that. But it, again, I like foggers because they get into every nook, cranny, crevice in the room. So I don't generally, I'm, I don't think I've ever released this with plants in the room. I double check with my people at my grow store. I'm pretty sure that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> Maybe you can, but this is exclusively used, at least in my application, after plants are gone, everything's out of the room. We're cleaning the room up, then we'll release a fogger, then we'll come in and bleach all of the sh- walls down, clean everything up, clean all the pots, bleach all the pots, bleach all the trays, pressure wash everything. And then we even dunk our cinder blocks in bleach water. Cinder blocks we use for tray stands because we're ghetto.
1: Fizan too, right?
0: Fizan, zero tall. A lot of people like to use zero tall to clean up the rooms. Um, and then, yeah,
1: reintroduce once it's clean. All right, What? Uh, how much time we got? Uh, we're towards the end here. Yeah. Cool. It's pretty quick, pretty easy. I'd like to add something. Like, me being uh, one that does a bunch of clones and uh, selling a bunch of clones, like, I never want to give anybody <clears throat> anything. So whenever I'm taking something in, like, when it comes to my IPM and quarantine procedures, like, I'd rather just take a clone as cuttings because it's easier for me to look at it that way versus, like it having to deal with it having any potential bugs in the medium or anything like that. I'd rather just throw it in the dome and it's completely isolated in that one environment right there. So if anything does show up, it's isolated in that dome. If anything shows up, I can just throw it out, but I'll just check on it every other day and make sure nothing shows up. So I'll spray even while it's rooting, just so I know for a fact that if there is anything, there won't be anything by the time there is roots.
0: Yeah. But I'm going to go right back to the way we started this thing is uh, Prevention is the best fucking dose the best course of action here. You know, the, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, meaning that be clean, keep clean, keep your clothes clean. You know, if you conscience conscious about fucking trying to keep your garden clean and, you, you know, a very clean space, you'll be fine. But I'm also going to say everybody who grows long enough runs into bugs. And I think the hardest thing is for most people who've never dealt with them is identifying them and being like, what is this and how do I kill it? Um, it it'll scare you. It'll freak you out a little bit, but it's just experience under the belt. You know what I mean? What, you've got to learn how to eradicate these guys, keep a clean environment, particularly on perpetuals. I know a lot of people grow perpetuals out there. And uh, when you start seeing bugs in perpetual, it's a real big deal because it can spread all over the place. HLV is the next big thing right now. Uh, That's a whole other... Yeah, that could be a whole other show entirely (laughs) where we got to talk about, you know, testing plants and, yeah, fucking viruses in plants, which is much trickier to identify as opposed to a pest. So, yeah, that one, even I need some education on because... We send shit off blindly just to ask because we, we can't identify. You know? Apparently
1: the viruses are so bad that it gets passed into the progeny as well. So.
0: Yeah, we talk about breeding and everything else. It's, That's it's, what you really got to worry about. Yeah. This fucking shit up. Cool. I think uh, we're getting to wrap this sucker up. We'll take a couple of questions if there's any in the chat before we get out of here. But uh, I think maybe we'll give away one more pack. If you have a question about anything we missed or I said something totally stupid and you want to correct me, fire it off in the chat and I'll fix it before we get out of here. But let's give away one more pack. It's free! Bloody Sunday. Damn, you still got that? Exactly. So, this has long been sold the fuck out. I am turning old next week. <laughs> <laughs> Officially old next week. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a birthday sale for premium people on the bazaar. And it's going to have crazy shit that I have held back for a long time. There's a lot of like shit like this where it's like I have a few packs of this that I just sort of put in the vault. But I think I'm going to do probably, hint, hint, 40% my age roughly off for 24 fucking hours. I'm not going to announce it till like the day before, but if you're watching this, you know. But yeah, there's going to be a massive sale with a bunch of other, or not other, but a bunch of like unreleased shit, I mean like Conjugal Visits, and fucking Dranos, and Bloody Sundays, and Thanos, and maybe some Thanos. one Yeah, I got some, dude, we got some Orange Hulk, some stuff that's like the, going way back. Super limited. So, it's, yeah, super, super limited, and I'm probably not going to make them like super cheap, but I won't make them ridiculous, but uh, either way, there is a crazy sale happening on the Bazaar basically next week, next Friday or something like that? Whatever the 4th is. June 4th. Uh, I don't know. I think it's Saturday. Next Saturday, I think there's going to be a crazy sale on the bazaar. Probably premium only. So, uh, we'll try to take care of all the premium people i fucked over. (laughs) Still feel bad. All right. Bloody Sunday. If you want to win this pack. This pack, by the way, is a 12-pack of Sunday driver to Thanos. It's ridiculous. Um, How about... What do they want to write, Cease? Uh dinosaur dinosaur well, are you calling me a dinosaur <laughs> you son of a bitch
1: you're calling yourself old
0: yeah well i am old <laughs> now all right fucking dinosaur then you're gonna how about the 40th person so it's gonna go quick <laughs> i'm fucking gonna be 40 the dreaded isn't that over the hill i think 40 the over the hill thing i
1: don't know but you're gonna be all undesirable as shit now now that you're 40 right i keep my sexy forever ferrari's breaking down told people my face
0: is... I told Caesar my face is a Ferrari and he never let me live it down. <laughs> Compared to his face, this is a Ferrari. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, did, was there any questions real
1: quick? I'll do it before uh, we get out of here. Yeah, there was. Uh, Shoot me see. a question or two and we're out. Uh, is it natural for the plant to die as it flowers and stay healthy till the end? Um, basically, it is
0: dying. Or it looks like it's dying. You want it to... I always tell people this. So most Instagram pictures I see where people are harvesting, they're like, chop day, and it's like super green plants. And like, that's not what you want it to look like. You want all the nitrogen out of that plant, at like all of it. So you want your plants to be yellow. Like, when people that taught me, I should say my mentors, when I went to go see their plants on harvest day, I, it was like, your plants are dead as shit. They're like, no, no. Like, we basically flush the shit out of them for two weeks and bleach all of the nitrogen out of them where they'd be, every leaf is. Pale is yellow. It's falling off. It's, if you touch the leaf, it wants to fall off. So, what yeah. week would you want to start flushing? Uh, it depends on the strain, but at least two weeks. At least two weeks. And flush heavy, as I mentioned before. Whatever you, the size of your container is, you want to f- put five times the amount of water through on a flush. So, if you're looking at a five-gallon bucket, you need 25 gallons of water through that pot to a- to actually flush correctly. Most people are like, I switched to water and I watered it, you know, a little bit and shit. I put a, put a lot of water on it, soaked it. It's like did you really put 25 gallons of water through that bitch? Because that's what it takes to flush a fucking marijuana plant. Five times the amount of the pot that it's in. All right. Anything else? Have you explored aeroponics? Uh, th- out, not outside of cloning. You use aeroponic cloners all the time. But not outside of aeroponics. Or out of cloning, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out Mike Denver. Faces of Toyota. <laughs> going to be looking good forever. <laughs> Keep that resale value up. Any chance of any Kimberry D's? Oh, look, I think I have some in the vault. If it is, there's only be one or two packs, so you better get on. I'll, I'll, I'll announce way more information as the drop comes closer. I'm going to relist it all, and I'm going to probably go on vacation for my birthday, and then I'm going to push in stock and leave. So just so you know, you ain't getting your seeds for at least 10 days, because I'm fucking out of here. I'm... Exhausted, tired. He's gonna take your money and run. Yeah, exactly. Going right to the <laughs> casino, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All
0: right everybody, I think that's gonna wrap it up for episode ninety-five. Um yeah, thank you for uh tuning in. We made it ninety five motherfucking episodes. And uh see, you got anything before we get out of here? Uh
1: damn, I did. I forgot. I did. Um No, but look forward to episode ninety six. If Oh yeah, I remember. Um a hundred is coming up, so if anything uh, we're trying to get a bunch of stuff for the 100th episode for a seed giveaway or something like that, right? Is that something we're talking about?
0: Yeah, I have an idea for a spectacular episode of game shows and seeds and uh, getting previous guests to come on and give out stuff. So if you have anything that you want to contribute to the 100th episode, it's going to be a giveaway mania show. We're talking Price is Right fucking... I don't know.
1: This okay. is your chance to promo yourself. If you got something that you want us to give away, this is your chance. Now we'll do it on the game show. If not, if we have anything left over, we'll do it in future episodes where we'll just give away your stuff. But Sure. Send an email to
0: darkhorsegeneticslive at gmail.com and uh, let us know if you want us to give something away on the
1: show. We'll do a community giveaway. Seeds, no clones, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, merch would be cool, I guess, but mainly seeds if possible. Yeah, whatever you got other than live plant. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right, we're out of here, everybody. Enjoy the soulful sounds of Stone Ninja. Same bat time, same bat channel. Next week. Peace. Later. Little parrot gay fish come sit on my shoulder today. Little gay parrot fish sit on my shoulder today and make me a fried shrimpy dish with some soy sauce, baby. As the beat drops super super fry, super fry egg roll triple fry fry rice triple fry rice baby two for one egg roll super triple fry rice triple fry rice baby don't forget the soy sauce chan, chan, chan. there's my gay fish song dudes what